You are listening to the Body Charge podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge podcast. Today's topic is our endocrine disruptor chemicals dampening down your mojo. Toxins, heavy metals, and endocrine disruptors are notorious for blocking the activity of our vital minerals such as magnesium. These chemicals affect hormone balance, suppress metabolism, and can be stored in excessive fat, contributing to obesity. To make matters worse, the extra fat storage makes more estrogen, dampening down testosterone, and leads to a whole cascade of problems downstream, including metabolic syndrome, diabetes, immune dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, and eventually cardiovascular disease or cancer. My special guest today is Erin Souza, a multifaceted health expert, including roles such as functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, board certified holistic health practitioner, registered dental hygienist, and certified mold illness practitioner. She is the founder and CEO of EC Restorative. So welcome aboard, Erin. I'm really looking forward to today's interview. I think we've got a great topic to explore. Me too. I'm so excited to have this talk with you. So my first question is, what are the typical symptoms of toxicity from such endocrine disruptor chemicals? Tell us about the endocrine system and why is it so vulnerable to these chemicals? Yeah, so some symptoms of toxicity from endocrine disruptors can vary widely due to the diverse roles our hormones play in the body. I'd say some of the most common symptoms may include reproductive issues like irregular menstrual cycles, infertility, low libido, or even decreased sperm count. Other symptoms can come across in people as being systemic, such as changes in their metabolism, leading to weight gain, fatigue, um, or even mood disturbances like anxiety or depression. And some people might even experience skin issues like acne or eczema or disruptions in their sleep patterns. Just to give a little base education on our endocrine system, it's a community of glands and organs like our pituitary gland, the thyroid, adrenal glands, pancreas, ovaries, and our testes, among others that produce store and release hormones into the bloodstream. Now, these hormones regulate vital body functions like growth, development, metabolism, our sexual function, reproduction, and mood. And each gland produces specific hormones that target particular tissues and organs. And this delicate balance of functioning in the system is crucial for maintaining the body's stable internal environment which is why it's sensitive to external disruptions like endocrine disruptors. Yes, Our, so, sorry. So the the endocrine system, um, mainly governing hormone balance, um, becomes dysregulated and then out of balance, producing a whole collection of symptoms. So it's never really just one thing. You have to kind of read the whole picture, don't you? because it's never caused by one thing. It's usually a cluster of symptoms that are all associated, but it's not exactly. necessarily one causing the other. It's just they happen to be there because there's something else happening that's triggering that cascade. Yeah, it's because our systems 
are so interconnected in nature. And that means that the disruption in one area can have this domino effect throughout the body, creating different symptoms. Yes. And uh, a lot of those symptoms uh, mentioned in the introduction is um, metabolic issues, excessive weight gain and obesity. So we store fat the fat then produces more estrogen. And if people get overloaded with estrogen, they become what many call estrogenic. And that means we tolerate stress less, don't we? Little things become big things. And we just like go to pieces at the smallest thing. We don't have the resilience that we need. And then we lose self-confidence, don't we? People kind of shrink away and um, they're not proactive in their lives anymore. Would you say that that's like the overview of what kind of happens when things become dysregulated? Yeah, exactly. It throws off the balance between the estrogen and testosterone. And, you know, our testosterone is our hormone that gives us that, oh, I'm going to conquer the world feeling, you know. The big mojo, yeah. The I'm big mojo. <laughs> I can do this. I can do this. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so women need it too. It's not just a male thing. It's just that women um, have less um, in that balance, um, except when they get older after menopause, yeah. <laughs> and they might get more. <laughs> and a few head, hairs grow out of the chin, etc. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you see couples, don't you, sometimes in the, the elderly phase, golden years of life, and she becomes quite, you know, dominant or more assertive and we'll go here and we'll do this. And the guy's kind of, yes, would you like a cup of tea, dear? Exactly. <laughs> the whole exactly. role's reverse. <laughs> yep, exactly. I think it's cute. I mean, it's not cute, but. <laughs> I think it's cute. <laughs> it's very obvious of the role of our hormones for sure. But they still have a nice relationship, but it, but it's it's comical sometimes to see the contrast between before and later. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Well, as long as it's synergistic, isn't it? Does it really matter? I mean, you could be same-sex partners. Um, I think it's still a similar balance of energies um, between the male and the female energy types. Um, we, we fall into a groove, don't we, in our relationships? Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, is part of it is hormones. Part of it is just who we are in our energy and the place that we take with our partner, um, you know, from the very beginning. Yeah. So when people start to recognize these symptoms, something's not going wrong, right. And they feel like some, something's wrong and they're not feeling themselves and they're, they may be getting headaches or as you said, skin eruptions. Um, there's very unpleasant symptoms that can start happening, digestive issues, because these um, disruptors can interfere with your ability to digest food. And if you can't digest food properly, you're not getting the nutrition out of it that you need. So then it, it causes a further deterioration. So we want to stop that downward spiral, don't we? We what do. Kind, what kind of things do you help people with when they come to you with these kind of symptoms? How do you test for it? How do you work out what's going on in their environment? Well, before we even jump into testing for things like the chemicals, I like to go over 
basically an audit of someone's lifestyle. You know, what are the products that they're using? What do they have in their house? Because that's always the easiest place to start rather than just jumping to, you know, a $300 yes. test. That yeah, you that's do. what I meant, working out what's what could be in their environment that might yeah. be the culprit. Yeah. So the best way to avoid these things with these chemicals is to avoid products with fragrances. Do an audit of your house. You know, fragrances are probably the number one easiest thing that I can think that sneaks into our homes and our everyday lives. You mean chem that... chemical fragrances. Exactly. That's the difference, isn't it? Because they're made from chemicals and they right. might smell nice. Actually, you know what? People that I, and myself included, I've become very natural and organic over the years and other people I associate with, we've talked about how we can't stand people wearing chemical perfumes, can't be in that environment, and even gives us headaches sometimes just to be close to them. Isn't that exactly. amazing? Yep. It's so true. Once you start to detox from these chemicals, the things that smelled good to you once are just intolerable. Mm. Um, I know at one point in time before I knew better, I was guilty of, you know, having little Glade plugins in my wall to freshen my house when someone would walk in and it, and it smelled good to me at the time. And now, you know, I walk into friends' houses that have their candles going or, you essential know, oils. Yeah. yeah, not necessarily. Some essential oils are okay oh. to be diffused, but I'm talking about the synthetic fragrance cam uh, candles, yep. you know, and it just immediately gives me a headache now. So, um, become you know, more sensitive to it, which you is absolutely good do. because <laughs> your, your body needs to talk to you and tell you what's good, what's bad. So you can avoid it. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, I think one thing that a lot of people don't know is that with fragrance, you know, it can be an umbrella of hundreds of different man-made chemicals from the lab that word fragrance protects proprietary blends from different companies that you know they don't have to list their 100 or 200 ingredients that make no. that up and because it's a tiny percentage of the overall so they get away with not mentioning the last few little bits but they're very powerful little <laughs> bits yeah, they are. <laughs> we don't use some um, chemical additives or fragrances in our electromagnesium products. By the way, I'll just slip that in. Um, we fragrance it with natural uh, essential oils, very small amounts, not therapeutic quantities like aromatherapists might use, but just enough to give it that nice, pleasant um, aroma because we also use um, organic and, and natural plant butters and oils, and some of them have a very mm, basic kind of a smell. They're not like overly pleasant. So yeah. we mask it a little bit. And so the overall result is, oh, I love this. I like to put it on. The body sings with it. You know, it like feels really good. Um, but it's certainly nothing like what a chemical fragrance would do. And many of our sensitive customers with um, allergies, et cetera, tolerate our products really well we have lots of comments coming in and customer reviews so we know that we're on the right track just slip that in before we go to the next bit <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing I love that 
Yeah, I, and it's a, a question of being aware, looking at labels, um, being discerning with what you buy. You know, every, don't just accept the face value. Look deeper into it because yeah, they can't. They can cheat and you know lie. <laughs> some yeah, of them. and yeah. and uh, and it's really not the way to go. Um, at the end of the day, your customer is everything. <laughs> You've got to keep your people alive and well, and they'll exactly keep coming back and be happy with what you do. That's the I philosophy. Like to say- I like to say with things that contain smells, you know, like if you can't pronounce the ingredients, don't buy it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like if it's something that you're sitting there and it's, you know, super long and you're trying to stumble over the um, phonics of it, don't buy it. It's probably not good for you. <laughs> yeah. And there's also customer reviews that I mentioned before. Um, you know, it's with anything you buy, any product that you buy online or, you know, wherever, look into it. What do other people say about it? What are the comments people are making? Uh, Are there forums or reviews that you can check up? You know, you might get the odd one that, you know, the delivery was late or there was something minuscule, but you want to get the overall impression of what did the majority of people feel about this product that I intend to buy and that kind of give you a few clues if you can't really decipher what's on the label and as you said in fragrance we don't know exactly what chemicals are in that fragrance on the label so um yeah I've learned a few chemical names to avoid which is phenoxyethanol dimethicone because these are very standard emulsifiers preservatives that are used in the skincare industry Mm -hmm. Um, and we were able to avoid them and that made it really hard to produce the product and manufacturing became much harder. So it required a lot more skill to put that product together. And this is why the big, you know, mega corporations in the world don't like to do hard things. They like to go to the easiest pathway. Exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so that's why we need to be aware because at the end of the day, we've got a biological machine. You know, with your car, you put good oil in and the good fuel and you make sure it's got the water and the tires are in good condition. You, you have to maintain your car to get from A to B. Well, we have to do the same with the body, don't we? Exactly. Oh, we can't get from A to B. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yep. So then you go to the environment and there might be like maybe mold, which is another disruptor or really toxic. Um, and we can't always see it, which was was scary that because um, if you can't see something, how can you protect against it, right? Right. And and with mold, it's not always just the mold. The, the dangerous part of mold is the mycotoxins that it spits off. Um, so mold will try to always protect itself in the environment that it's in. Mm-hmm. And when you try to clean it or remove it, it spits off these little toxins called mycotoxins. And that's actually what travels up into the body through inhalation, you, through your skin contact. Um, so that's what we have to really worry about with that. Yeah. So maybe I should pull out that COVID mask when I'm cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that the mask would protect you. Um, I was making a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With the mold stuff, it can, you know, this is where things get kind of sticky. Um, The mycotoxins and mold can produce a lot of the same symptoms that a overburdened system with chemicals can look like. So um, again, you know, 
the methodology that I always start with my clients that I work with is from the very basics. You know, we clean up lifestyle and diet and all the things and see what changes that brings about and then investigate further. Um, typically would never jump to mycotoxin testing with somebody unless they know they've been exposed, you know, unless they knew, okay, I had a leak in my roof. <laughs> you know, and that I was living in that house for four months with a leaky roof. <laughs> well, I came across a um, customer a little while back who had ducted air conditioning and it was an older house and she'd only been there a couple of years, but noticed she was getting quite ill and on a good diet and good supplements. And, you know, she was getting mm -hmm. exercise. She did all the right things for good lifestyle. I couldn't figure out why she was getting headaches and inflammation and, you know, feeling very fatigued, chronic fatigue. Um, <clears throat> and I just had an inspiration for her to get the house checked out because at the, at the time I was looking into building biology. So they do these kind of assessments. So she looked up a building biologist it was in Florida uh -huh. and they were more prone to get uh, humidity yeah. and it turned out that the whole ducted air conditioning in the roof was riddled with um the black mold you know the bad one and she had to get the whole thing replaced um so you know you've got to find out what's causing it um by i guess having having a checklist don't you and marking off a uh, check that that's right <laughs> until, you, <laughs> until you get to the the culprit right Exactly. Yeah. Um, doing things in the right order, you know, starting with, like you mentioned with your friend, she was doing all the right things. I always start with addressing um, the basics and then gut health and minerals, and we'll see what improvements there. And if people just still aren't improving, there's always a deeper reason. Mold seems to be kind of at the top there, you know, yeah. um, if someone's just not getting better, no matter what we do, it's typically mold. Um that was my story. I, yeah. I ended up, my air ducts were actually moldy too, just wow. like your friend. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it was so, just constantly circulating in our house. Yeah. My, um, just a little segue, my air conditioning guy said um, for us to put in air conditioner in each room because mm -hmm. they're much easier to clean. He said it's really difficult to clean ducted air conditioning properly but it's much easier when it's limited to a smaller equipment, which is easily accessible. You don't have to go on the roof. Just a little tip for people if they're building or renovating. <laughs> That's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah, because the house needs to breathe. In a sense, we live in a house which is extension to our body and, mm -hmm. and we need to um, breathe in good stuff and be able to eliminate wastes. And mm -hmm. so the building also has to breathe. And if things get trapped and humid and dark, they get moldy because that then we're breeding the perfect environment for bugs. And so in the body, the gut can breed the perfect environment for bugs. If we get um, acidic, um, we get too many toxins being stored in the tissue cells, in the fat cells, and the, um, the lymph system, the whole um, detox system of the body starts to get clogged. And exactly. Yeah, it becomes a bit like a sewer. And and that's actually what causes most diseases. A disease is a product of our detox system failing to clean exactly. up the mess. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And that, I think a lot of people fail to address that. Even practitioners, you know, when they're working with their clients, they don't look at, we call it our drainage pathways. They don't address the drainage pathways first. And um, already right there, you're failing on a protocol because you cannot properly detox these things in the body, even with the right supplements, if the drainage yeah. pathways aren't open and clear. Well, if you haven't got a good digestive system, you can't actually get the nutrients that you need out of the supplements. So it's a bit of catch-22 being yeah. st stuck in a revolving door. Um, mm -hmm. That's part of the reason also we created transdermal magnesium because we can bypass the digestive system, get the magnesium in for the metabolism. So at least your mitochondria have access to magnesium, which is vitally important for your electrical energy system which your detox system needs to do its job, right? It's a power supply. At the end of the day, we're plugging into a PowerPoint. Exactly. And, and a lot of problems are associated always with chronic fatigue. The body mm -hmm. just doesn't have the energy it needs to get the jobs done. Um, and so all of the symptoms, doesn't matter what labels you give them, they all fundamentally have an energy deficit, don't they? They do. It all starts with the mitochondria. Yes, yes, <laughs> mitochondrial dysfunction. And then and that's usually associated with thyroid as well. And here we are, the endocrine system. And that's what happened to me. I had hypothyroidism, adrenal fatigue, all from excessive stress, chronic stress, um, years ago in 2007, 2008. And I developed severe heart arrhythmias because I thought I was invincible. And because... <laughs> I got away. We all with, do at some point. <laughs> I got away with um, overloading my my plate for so long, mm -hmm. and I thought that that would just keep going, but it didn't. I was hurting myself, and I didn't realize because the body has ability to recover to some extent. Um, and, and even if you're exposed to certain chemicals at a certain level, it has systems that help you expel it and get rid of it. If you've got the good nutrients going in, if you've got you know the other side of the balance equation working, you can push out the bad stuff, except if the balance then shifts and you've got too much stress and too much exposure, then you don't have enough resources to clean up that mess anymore. So that's the tipping point, isn't it? People get to where symptoms come out. Exactly. In addition to the, just the overwhelm, you know, when you think of your body as a little bucket, you know, and you're just constantly putting in and just bubbles over, not only, you know, are we clogged and, and overburdened, but, you know, we just don't have the capacity to take on anymore. Yeah. And so when you help people, there are obviously going to be variations from individual to individual because we also have genetic predispositions. So some exactly. people might respond early because they've got good genes for this particular thing, but other someone else might have a mutated gene, but like in the, um, the CYP450 methylation mm -hmm. pathway. Um, and so they're not detoxing very well because they can't convert the sulfur to sulfate. And so that they tend to get a lot of SIBO and gut disorders um, because it's it's not moving. That conveyor belt through the digestive system gets very slow and sluggish. And it becomes like a compost heap, really. When you it look does. at your compost, it's it's hot and steamy and acidic because <laughs> bugs have moved in to decompose everything. But what we don't want is for that decomposition to happen while while we're alive. <laughs> In our body, you know, we need to have everything moved um, sufficiently so it 
preserves the life force, the, en the energetic system that needs to pop up. We need to overcome that decay by pushing out the, the dead cells and the, um, the used up waste products um, and then refreshing the system with good nutrition, antioxidants. So when you are helping people and you've worked out kind of what may be the cause of their issues and do you also look at that genetic profile? Absolutely. Absolutely. It 100% makes a difference. The testing doesn't give us um, their genetic mutations, so to say, but what the testing does show is that certain toxins will affect the different pathways. Like you said, the six, the, the 450, um, you know, whether it be the SIP 450 or the, um, there's you a know. few sips. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a few sips. I'm like trying to think off yeah. the top of my head what they are. Um, but it's very specific to tell us which one that chemical affects. Plus then it lets us know about, you know, phase two detoxification of the liver. Is this going to um, be affected through glucuronidation or, you know, a different type of phase two? So well, it doesn't tell us necessarily about exactly that person's mutation, um, we can target very specifically with supplements or foods even to open those pathways and to um, basically maximize these detoxification processes through the body. When we don't test, we're kind of just guessing and yeah, you know, it takes maybe a lot longer. Just, yeah. It takes a lot longer and you waste a lot of money on different yeah. products yeah. and that you might you not want need. I know you want to be able to target properly. I know that um, in uh, the USA, um, Great Plains Labs have a very good um, organic acids test where you supply a sample of your urine and they give you a really good profile based on the waste products coming out of you, based on mm -hmm. the um, the proteins and you know, the the stuff, the profile, the personality, if you like, of the urine gives them clues as to what might be happening genetically. And then you've got a narrower target. Then you can just, you know, say, well, it's likely there's a food allergy or an intolerance to this, this and this. So let's try and get rid of that and see what happens. Is that basically how it works? Yes. I actually use um, Vibrant or Great Plains used to be or is now Mosaic. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so I use Mosaic sometimes. I also use Vibrant America. Um, and sometimes we'll combine the organic acid test and we'll combine the environmental toxin test and use yep. them both. I'm just pretty conservative with the amount of tests we're trying to order. Um, you know, somebody has the data from, we can also get the data from something like 23andMe. Yes. So if somebody already has that, we can yep. use that instead of oh. ordering a note. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it's all about learning what your body is, um, who, where you came from, who you are, learning to drive your car better. I, I like mm -hmm. to use the analogy of the car because it is our vehicle, isn't it? Our biological vehicle. And if you understand it really well, then you know how to maintain it better. You know, um, eat this, don't eat that. Go here, use this, don't use that. Um if you can't handle stress very well, you know, you need more magnesium, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, 
some people waste a lot of magnesium in the urine and that makes them more sensitive to stress. They can't handle the same stress levels as someone else because the kidneys aren't recycling enough magnesium. And so they need to sometimes use three times the average amount uh, to feel normal. And how do they get that? Certainly not orally because, you know, that'll give you diarrhea, but it can get it yeah. transdermally through the skin. So there are a lot of ways um, to to address certain issues, different protocols. And so it's about tailor making it to those individual needs, isn't it? It is. It is. I'm excited to try your product. And magnesium is always something I suggest for everybody, every single person that I work with. So it's fundamental. It really helped my heart arrhythmias calm down because I had a endocrine issue. I had that hypothyroidism. I actually had Hashimoto's. I don't know mm -hmm. if you can see, I had um, uh, vitiligo is associated with it. So my body started to attack my melanin cells mm -hmm. and it doesn't hurt and it doesn't didn't seem to affect me in any other way except for cosmetically. However, it gave me chronic fatigue and I felt it in my metabolism and so you get a bit of brain fog, you can't concentrate for such long periods of time and then eventually affected my heart and it was the magnesium that just brought everything back to normal because I was already doing everything else in my lifestyle that was good. I was avoiding the chemicals. I had a handful of, you know, different vitamins and minerals from the health food store, which didn't seem <laughs> to do anything because, of course, when you're stressed and the endocrine system isn't working, the gut is not working, you're not extracting the minerals that you need. So it's like a, a downward spiral, isn't it? Exactly. But I found that the magnesium was my turnaround time. My It take, took many months, by the way. I mean, it depends who you are and it's an individual thing, but my recovery took many months. But I got to a point where I thought, okay, I'm, I'm back to normal. And it, and it kept getting better. So I kept surprising myself. Yeah. So, it does, it does work, but we have to be patient and, you know, just make it a good habit, a good daily habit. So can you supply or provide people with any other tips um, that they may incorporate into their daily lifestyle to avoid or protect against uh, endocrine disruptors? Um, perhaps if we haven't covered something, would you like to just summarize? If people want to visit my website at ecrestorative.com, at the top of the website, I actually have a free download where people can learn all about more tips and tricks and education around endocrine disruptors. Um, so they can Fantastic. go ahead and head there. Yeah, I think it's really important, particularly because our environment is getting even more loaded with chemicals. Um, as they keep experimenting and inventing new ones to pump into the system. Um, exactly. I, I really hope that stops. But <laughs> at the end of the day, we need to be very protective and keep our environment, our lifestyle as natural as possible. Yep. Yep. I think the biggest takeaway is, is empowering people with the knowledge and the tools to be in control of their own health and awareness of what's around them. So the more education yeah. and the more time that they spend to learn these things, the better they're going to feel. Yeah. Yeah. So usually you get a lot of um, chemicals and colorings and, you know, additives, flavorings in packaged foods. So mm -hmm. if you can reduce or eliminate packaged foods, um, that would be a good thing to do as well. It's not just drinking, smoking or, you know, the the top of the tree kind of toxins, 
people can put in their body, but it's the sneaky ones. You don't even realize they're getting in because you had a packet of chips or, you know, you, you got some takeaway food somewhere. You don't know what's in there. Even food storage containers, plastic food storage containers, oh, yes. you know, those yeah. leach off BPAs. Plastic and... bottles with water. Yeah. And, and if you know, they're in the sun too long, they can really leach a lot of phthalates. People need to be aware, though, companies have gotten really smart and they know now we are looking for that BPA-free symbol. Um, so you need to make sure that it not only says BPA-free, but BPS-free. They have now started replacing BPA with BPS, wow. which is just as bad, if not worse, than the BPA. <laughs> They're so sneaky. We have they to are. be vigilant. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. And obviously, there's a lot more to learn. So I encourage people to go to your website. We'll put um, a link underneath the YouTube. Um, okay. And yeah, I really appreciate all your advice. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have another look at my environment to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you liked this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos, and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge, and recover.